Hello and welcome to another episode of the More From Law podcast. I'm your host, Harry Clark. In this episode, I speak to leadership coach David McQueen, co-founder at Q Squared Limited. David and I holistically discuss everything about leadership, what it looks like when it's done well, when it's done poorly, as well as a reflection on leadership within the world of law, if anyone can be a leader, and how to become a better leader yourself if that's the case. Let's get into it. So hi, David. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Not a problem, Harry. Uh, thanks for inviting me on. No, it's an absolute pleasure. And um, as someone who loves their TED Talks, loves their kind of video learning, loves to um, hear from other speakers in various different areas, um, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today because I know you've been doing that for quite a while with all of these different topics and including the one we're going to talk about today, which is which is leadership. So I guess as a nice just kind of first question, what what kind of inspired you to, to get started with that? And, and you know, what, what have you been doing to date that people who haven't had the chance to meet you would, would like to know about? So for the last 15 or so years, I've been doing quite, um, I've run, I run a training company with my wife. We just recently renamed it to Q squared from a, from another name that we had. And, uh, much of what I do in that business is around leadership communication. And, um, what it is for me, I, I discovered many years ago in a, a number of iterations of, of the careers and work that I've done was that it was very, very important for leaders to think long and hard about how they communicated to their teams, to themselves, whether it was by the written word, um, the spoken word, however it was that they wanted to communicate. For me, it was really important that people thought that process through. And so the majority of work that I do be as a speaker, a coach, a facilitator, a mentor, a lot of it is around how do I get the leaders to communicate first and foremost to themselves better, uh, and then their teams into the larger organizations afterwards. Because for me, that is critical if a leader is to build trust with the individuals who look to their leadership. Fantastic. And I'm guessing you've been putting your own tips into practice when it comes to leading your own kind of a business and, and kind of managing all that. Yeah, definitely. So um, I, I, I run it with my wife. And so we both recognize what our strengths are. Um, we both recognize that part and parcel of how we run the business is a demonstration of our leadership as well. So it's one thing to talk about it, but it's a total other thing as well to make sure that you put it in practice. And so we've spent a number of years, not just, um, you know, in, in organizations that we've worked before we had positions of leadership, we've been called in to be coaches and advisors to other leaders as well. And so we make sure that we do it in our business as well, because there's, you, know, you have to drink your own medicine, basically. Otherwise, and that you just, you know, I think people will find out quicker than than not. And I don't want anybody shaming me on social media or whatever other platform <laughs> saying that I don't know what I talk about. So, yeah, definitely a part of it, it goes to the heart of what it is that we do. Absolutely. And I think I've heard the kind of quite common uh, average to leadership generally, which is do as I do rather than do as I say. And I'm sure that's going to be countless other buzz phrases and whatnot that we kind of hear about leadership, um, which I guess leads me really nicely kind of onto the first question I wanted to ask you, which is um, just collectively our kind of conception of what leaders are and leadership generally is a trait. Um, I think most people kind of have their own preconceptions, be it through personal experience of them being a leader or having a bad boss or all these kind of other stereotypes that you hear. Um, but I guess a really kind of important fundamental question to start with is, is, is how important, you know, quote unquote, great leaders are, do you think, in, in your opinion, be it in the workplace or, or otherwise? So I think leadership is important. If we look through history, we will see that whether it's in the community, in, in family, in business, in politics, uh, whatever it is that having a sense of somebody who has a vision of where they want to take you or somebody who in the middle of a crisis or an emergency is able to get everybody to be really focused and then take them to a specific destination 
for me, I think that's incredibly important. I don't think that leadership, um, I think too many people are hung up on leadership as a title. Uh, and I see leadership more, less as a noun, but more as a verb. Something that you are, are, are doing as opposed to a title that you are having. And, and, and I think it's, I think it's really important. And, and I honestly, uh, believe it's, it's critical for individuals, whether through work or community or whatever it is, who, who wish to take on the mantle of leadership and whether it's good leadership, great leadership, even bad leadership. I think it's important for individuals to recognize what it means to be trusted and to take on the mantle of responsibility for influencing and leading others to a destination. So for me, yeah, I think it's, it's quite critical and that's why I'm fascinated. I'm, I will call myself an eternal student of leadership. I am forever learning um, and, and being challenged as well as being able to put out the ideas that I've had myself. But I think it's, I think it's actually critical. And, um, you know, you can see when it's good and it's great, whether it's political, I won't go down there today, whether it's, <laughs> whether it's business, or whether it's community, or even, you know, even if it's something simple as in schools, you know, if you are a leader of a football team, or if you're an influencer in your, your friends or whatever, you know, what is it about those specific skills that can allow you as an individual to authentically take somebody to a journey and then trust you in order to be able to lean into your influence so that you can get to that space or get to that destination? Absolutely. And I love what you said there in terms of the idea that it's, it's a verb, not a noun, because I think that dispels a really kind of common image that, you know, leadership and management generally starts and ends with the, the quote unquote top by title, as you say. Um, and, you know, I think it's really important, like you kind of mentioned, to, to make sure it's it's carried through and that anyone in your own personal life or business or any other way else, you can kind of always find those those opportunities to practice and to, and to develop that skill set, as you mentioned. And, and you also kind of mentioned in your answer that the kind of negative sides of kind of bad, bad leadership or, the, you know, the, the kind of potential destructiveness there um you know how how do you think you can kind of recognize when when leadership is quote unquote going wrong and, and just how destructive it could potentially be to a group or an individual's kind of realization of some kind of goal or project so i think there are a number of things that come out when you have bad leadership and again it depends in many ways how you define that bad leadership because i think we have enough examples of individuals in the past who left who or who led individuals to destruction personally whether it's through war religion community or what have you and many people will deem that as really as bad leadership some will say it's really good because people were invested in the vision that they had and that person was able to influence them and get people to to be bought in but for me in many instances bad leadership demonstrates itself when you uh, as an individual um, don't feel really bought into that vision uh, and it and it might be your response to that leadership style. It may not necessarily be that the person or what they're doing is necessarily wrong, but you just do not feel it is as effective as possible. And for me, bad leadership, I have a model. So I'll, I'll share this with your audience. I have a model that I use whenever I'm... It goes to the heart of what my coaching, my speaking, and my facilitation is around leadership. And it's called brave leadership. So the, it breaks down into B-R-A-V-E. So I say... You know, as a leader, are you bold? Are you bold enough to be able to take a step back and allow the people who you know who have got the skills to do the job effectively? Are you bold enough to be able to look inwardly and see where you need to have development and be able to take challenges and being able to allow people to question what it is that you're doing without losing your authority? The second for me is about um, resilience. Are you able to bounce back from a situation or will you avoid it? Uh, are you able to take people through a really tough journey and, and be quite open and transparent about the things that they may face 
Um, but then being able to take them and go, look, we'll be able to get through this. Um, and, and I will do it effectively enough without destroying you as a person. Um, A is agile and, and that's being flexible enough, not being stuck just because you did something in the past doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the way going forward. I think about the time that we're recording this now in the middle of the pandemic in 2020, you know, a lot of the stuff that got us to this present time isn't necessarily going to get us forward. And the world that we're going into will require an element of agility. Yes, it will require systems and processes that can steady the ship, but you still need to be taking, you know, one degree to the left or one degree to the right and being agile enough to respond to those situations. The fourth one is visionary. And, and again, you know, do you have that narrative or do you have that voice or authority that can not only get people to be influenced by where you want to take them on their journey, but they feel empowered as well. So they have a sense of agency to think about how do I solve problems and how do I make decisions without running back to the person who's leading this? Yes, I've been given a task. Yes, I've been told about this is where we're going. And um, the leader who's there has, has, has empowered me enough that I know that, yes, I'm going to ask some questions, but I can start to make some choices for myself, which align with the overall strategy and vision of the organization or the project that we're working on. And lastly, is it ethical? So does it align to me as an individual? Does it align to my values? my beliefs, my, my, my sense of belonging to, to the team or to the organization that's being led by that person, does it align? And so when I look at these five things and I go, as an individual, if I can respond to somebody who's in a position of leadership, I'm looking to see where those five things can all, like the brave bits can all align, line up. And when they don't, or when it's really lacking, or if it's just one in one of those ones, I go, well, what about the other four? What about those areas? And again, this is just the model that I'm using myself. Others have different um, specific frameworks or models they use but those ones are very simple and obviously the word brave ties into a whole notion about being courageous enough to be challenged to to be open to be vulnerable but to still be strong and to still be quite you know have a sense of direction so when I look at it from a personal point of view and I'm looking at individuals who are leading a situational project a team or an organization I'm always looking to see how they match up to those five points of of, of brave and 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 when I find it uh, uh, again, it's quite subjective, but it's the model that I use. When I find one or more of those are missing, I go back and I go, well, why? Well, what is missing here? And, and you know, why, what's the reason here? And then start to unpick that as to why there may be an issue as to why no one is buying into your actual leadership. So that's the kind of model that I use. Does that help? Yeah. No, I think that's a fantastic breakdown. And um, I think it's it's a really nice comprehensive image of kind of all the different elements of, of what notionally being a leader is i think kind of addressing a few misconceptions in the process and kind of giving a, a an almost an outline of of what a, a great or not let's not say perfect leader because i don't know if that's a, something else you'd dispel if there's the idea of kind of one model of leadership but certainly kind of leaning towards um the kind of positive tenets of it um, I guess then my kind of question is on the basis of if that's the quote unquote blueprint or just sort of structure to improve your leadership is, is leadership for everyone. Can, can, can anyone take up the mantle and, and kind of demonstrate the necessary traits or tenets, or do you think it leans more towards certain personalities who are the, you know, quote unquote, bold, bold type A Harvey Specter types in law, should we say? Um, I, I wouldn't go as, okay. Gonna, let me be brave now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're all cut out to be leaders, and I think that's okay. I think there there are some of us who are just happy to have individuals who will be 
bold enough to be able to make decisions on our behalf and be able to lead us in a certain direction. And I, and I actually do believe that. But, um, and I don't necessarily believe that people are born leaders. I, I do believe that it is a situation where you are, uh, it, it's, it's nurtured. So there are going to be some instances where, you know, you may have a personality that leans towards, right, I need to fix this straight away. So in order for things to get done, I really, really need to fix this. And, th- and that's okay. But I, I believe that in systems and in communities and, and spaces where you are, um, uh, where you can tap into specific leadership traits around influence, um, around having authority, around being able to take people on that journey, around being able to create narratives so that people will listen to you. Uh, I'm, I'm a believer that that stuff is, um, is, is, it's, it's, it's not by nature, but more by it's being nurtured. People are working with you, whether it's your coaches, whether it's mentors, whether it's the environment itself that actually shapes you. Um, but not everybody is a leader. And I, and I think trying to, um, to do that is, is, is misleading. You know, not everybody's a goalkeeper. Um, not everybody's a banker. Not everybody's a doctor, but we definitely need those elements, as we said, in our lives. You know, if you're a big sports fan, you need a goalkeeper because if your team doesn't have a goalkeeper, you're going to be losing all the time. <laughs> you know, if you're a banker, yes, you know, there may be people who have issues against it, but we, because of the way that the system is driven in this world, we do need people who can have a sense over loans and managing money and, uh, you know, and making the economy keep on circulating by controlling the flow of cash. Uh, and, and you know, I, I say these to say that there are lots of, areas in our lives that we can fall into without all of us aspiring to be a leader um you know i i say for me i love starting companies but then i love just handing it over to somebody else to deal with this stuff you know i i i love people but if i if i have the choice of sitting in a room and coaching a team of 10 in comparison to managing or leading a team of 10,000 i'll go for the 10 every time okay um because that's just what i love doing and i know that the, the one thing I'm able to do in that moment when I am a facilitator, I am a coach, I can lead that conversation. I can lead that thinking. I can lead people into a space where they really start thinking about how, what kind of mental models are they using to make decisions? Uh, you know, those things are really important to me. But do I really want to be a CEO of a big company? Hell to the no. I'm 51. I can't be asked for that anymore. I, I don't want to be doing all that stuff anymore. I'm really happy with a small team that I work with. Could I do it? You know, and I've had people approach me and said, you know, look, we give you this nice amount of money and you can come and run this company. And yes, I could do it, but I don't want to. And, and, and part of that is recognizing as well that there are uh, the another part of leadership for me is, is recognizing your limits. What are you good at or what do you want to invest in? So I don't believe everybody um, is a leader, but I do think there is space for individuals who have certain traits to be molded into leaders, whether it's around a situation or whether it's a, a specific role you have in an organization. Um, and, and, and I also believe that when you do that coaching or training or facilitation to explore what individuals are, I also think you should be really honest to be able to say, well, look, given all the stuff that we've looked at, I don't think you're a leader and, and, and be okay being the second in command, the person who just gets it done. And that's absolutely fine. Fantastic. And I guess as a follow up there, you kind of, you know, based on that answer and, you know, the brave um, mnemonic that you sort of mentioned earlier. I mean, when I was at university, I was taught certain skills, you know, how to negotiate. And and certainly when we were being taught, um, you know, how to advocate, for example, when you're in a courtroom, um, there's certain kind of linguistic styles or negotiation styles of either being really aggressive, being trying to outwit the other side, being really quiet and reserved and kind of um, 
tactical in terms of when you're going to speak and when you're not. And I think there's a kind of huge discussion to be had about what type of negotiator or what type of advocate you're going to be. I guess I'd extend the same question then to you on leadership um, on the basis of that brave mnemonic and acronym and then just um, you know everything we've kind of discussed so far. Is Are there different types of leadership as well or do you think there's there's instead this kind of one-size-fits-all approach as, as to what it's all about? Yeah, I, I do. I definitely think there are different kinds of leadership. Um, you know, Steve Jobs was able to run a very successful um, company such as Apple, uh, and the same thing with, say, Jeff Bezos at Amazon. Uh, and they have a very dominant and directive leadership style. I know I could never work for either of those two guys. I'd probably punch them in the throat. Or right? I'm just being really <laughs> honest. That would just be my. I can't deal with that kind of person. I need somebody who's a bit more empathetic. Um, you know, the, the, uh, Donald Trump's leadership style, there are some individuals who will look at that and go, my God, I could never work for that kind of person. But there are loads of people who would fall over themselves backwards to represent and, and, and really love the style that he does. Uh, again, you know, if you're in an army, there is in the army, you, there are the, the higher up the food chain you go, the, and, and the positions you take. The, the the more you realize that you know you're when a, a commander or, or a senior person in an army tells you to do something right we're going to war jump over the bridge you don't sit down there and argue whether they are empathetic or if they've got you know if they're being <laughs> if they're being sympathetic to my soul you know you haven't got time for that you're going to jump over the damn wall and go and shoot a couple enemies and capture or whatever it is you're going to do uh and likewise you know if you're a, if you're a, a football leader or, or a sports coach, there are going to be some styles that you have and somebody's going to be at the, at the side screaming at you and telling you to do certain things and, and you need to get in order because if you don't, they're going to sell you onto another team or to keep you off the roster or what have you. And so the ones I gave you are very dominant and very straightforward um, uh, um, leadership styles, which are very much focused on the performance of the actual team that you have there. And those, So that's a really dominant style. But then you may have a really empathetic one, which is more about you know, being in a, you're working for an organization where the, the, the outcome is not so much about just performing to win, but it's more about how do we serve our specific audience a bit more ethically. So it might be a hell of a lot more collaboratively. You might be working for a charity or you might be working for a social enterprise where your impact is not so much about the bottom line, but how many people's lives you can change and how you can do it effectively and how you can demonstrate to those individuals you're working with um, how you can get a job done without people being in fear of their lives, and so there are there are there are a number of different styles I do believe for leadership, and 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 as individuals we will know the ones we react to best if we have the choice that is to be able to um, to choose which leaders we respond to. But I do believe there are different styles, and there are different there are different situations. You know, I know there are. If I'm in a, uh, I'm quite an empath, so I'm very I'm I'm quite calm, and I like to be quite jovial. And I like to, you know, be able to get people to feel okay and what have you. But if there's a fire in the building <laughs> and I'm the person responsible to get you the hell out of there, my language totally changes. I'm effing and blinding and I'm saying, right, we need single file. Everybody sort it out. We need to get out here. I'm not going to tell you twice. Get to the door and we're going to get out of the building. And in that, you know, my, my natural empathetic collaborative style will change under a crisis. Under a crisis, we need to kind of like, you know, be aware that there are some things that we're going to have to park. It doesn't mean that you be mean, but you've created enough authority and trust in individuals so that when I do change my tone or do change the, the, um, the response I need from individuals, it's going to require a different, um, uh, leadership style. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my thinking around it. 
And we were talking a bit off air just with, you know, the notion of the legal profession generally and law firms, whether it's a aspiring lawyer listening to this or perhaps a senior partner who is already in some position of authority and management when it when it comes to managing others. Um, we talked a bit off air about how you've been kind of helping people in law when it comes to leadership and, and mentioning the different types there in terms of authority and empathy, for example. What's your thoughts in, within industry or profession like law when there is, you know, it's in the corporate world potentially, or, you, you know, you're serving clients and working to, you know, their deadlines in a collaborative group based environment? Is there is there a kind of suggested leadership route that you think that, that people should adopt in, in the legal profession? Um, so, so I haven't worked. <laughs> had, had you asked me this before when having not worked as much as I do with law firms now? Hey, <laughs> you know, come on, we can all be collaborative and, you know, we'll win. And now having worked in, in the legal space and having worked with a couple of law firms, my, let's just say my approach has somewhat changed. Um, you know, and it's a bit, um, it's it, not in a bad way, not in a bad way. It's just, it's just realizing that, you know, in certain environments, the way that we are going to react and the way that we are going to respond, um, is going to be really dependent on the way or, or the climate that we're actually working in. So, for example, in, a, in, a, in depending on what kind of law you're doing and depending on what kind of practice you're in as well, there may be some elements of it that really speak to um, a sense of urgency uh, and a sense of deadline. You know, whilst the world is changing around us, there are lots of people who are going to want to be able to be covered around insurance. There's going to be compliance issues. There are going to be liability issues. There are going to be, um, although it may not be as, you know, in and out of the court as it has been before, there's still going to be a sense of urgency. Um, and for me, what's important is that when you are, you know, in that um, position of of leading in a law firm, it's it's about being able to get a sense of what that actual culture is like. And there are going to be, you know, I know it's very much um, not cutthroat, but it's very intense. And it's a, it, there's a very high sense of performance and productivity within law where individuals from your junior level all the way up to partner realize, look, uh, you know, whichever way we like to look at it, who's billing the most each year? Um, you know, what kind of cases are we dealing with from a person, you know, a, a branding point of view? Uh, you know, what, what are the things that, um, that's, that stand out that make the, the law firm you're working for separate and different from someone else? So there's always going to be a constant conversation around that culture. And I guess we've talked a lot this episode, um, you know, conceptually about leadership and kind of talking about its tenants or its t certain types as an example. Um, but there'll be people listening who are wanting to perhaps be in a position of authority or just who are starting out wanting to take some kind of actionable tips on board. If you were to give some sort of actionable advice for people to, to practice this skill and develop it to take with them in the future, what, what would your go-to advice sort of be? So uh, a couple of things. I think the first one is to, to have a sense of self. And um, one of the things I know specifically about younger or emerging leaders is that, you know, when you're just trying to, uh, you know, get your feet under the table. Actually, you're not even at the table yet. You're just trying to get to the down. <laughs> you're trying to get, you're trying to find the table. You're trying to find the front door, right? So you're, so you're, you're in a space where, you know, you may be given a certain amount of responsibility and, um, and working with individuals. I think it's really about being able to understand yourself. And understanding yourself means, you know, what are, what are the values? What are the behaviors that you respect? What are the boundaries that you have? You know, what are the kind of things that you will tolerate from individuals? If somebody talks down to you or talks in a certain way, you know, wherever you are in the organization, are you at a position where you can say, well, look, I'm, I realize the point you were getting to, but I, I feel that it could have been said slightly differently. Um, you know, I say that to some people and they look at me and roll their eyes and I'm like, bloody hell. <laughs> you ever been in my company? Have you ever tried that? 
and, and, and I don't want to impose my style of leadership because that's always the something that I've done. But, mm-hmm. you know, for me, the most important thing here is a sense of, um, it is really a sense of uh, self, mm-hmm. really knowing self, knowing your boundaries, knowing what you can tolerate, what you can actually deal with. And the second bit is just being able to observe. You know, there are individuals who will be further up the uh, leadership chain in terms of experience, not necessarily title, but in terms of experience, who may be a partner, who may be an advocate, who may be a senior associate, whatever it is. It's good to be able to just observe what they do. You know, sometimes be brave enough where, you know, if you are part of a network or or part of a group, just being able to have an informational interview where you ask them questions, a bit like what we're doing now, but, you know, slightly even more informally. You can ask them and, you know, say, look, you know, one of the things I really want to do is be able to increase my leadership skills and to put myself on the map. You know, what one or two things like you're asking me now, what one or two things do you think I could I could have that would really, really help? And and the third one I will say, and I think it's an art that is so underrated, is learn how to actively listen. Active listening for leadership. Oh, my God. That's got to be one of the cornerstones when you can listen and you can really understand what's being said and what's not being said. And which allows you to then even ask better questions rather than making assumptions. For me, that's one of the greatest pointers in developing on your leadership. Absolutely. And hopefully people have been uh, actively listening, should I say, <laughs> to, to this episode. We hope so. We shall test them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just test them at the end, perhaps, uh, um, after the episode is out. But I just want to thank you for kind of sharing your thoughts and tips today, at least. And um, hopefully people have been able to listen and to kind of glean some really useful tips and advice to take with them um, into the future, be it when they join the workplace or, or where they are now. So um, where can people go to learn more about yourself and everything we've kind of talked about today? So my, my main site is David McQueen. So uh, I always say, if you just type in David McQueen in Google, I should come up first. But then I realized like there's like a, a murderer online, something. Like oh, right. Okay. Not him. <laughs> so I just want to understand. I'm, I'm not the guy who's done that murder. So, but davidmcqueen.co.uk, that's my main website or the other kind of two major social media sites. I'm on our LinkedIn and Instagram where I'm sharing my insights and that's Mr. David McQueen. So linkedin.com whatever the uk or whatever in between thing is but mr david mcqueen because i just want to put some respect on my name and it's mr (laughs) david mcqueen as well on instagram and that's where people will find me perfect well david mcqueen uh leader not murderer i should say (laughs) thanks again for coming on and for sharing your tips today not a problem harry all the best thank you for having me and i hope your guests are, are able to take away some of these tips and and they will be able to implement them straight away Thanks so much for listening to another instalment of the More From Law podcast. If you want to keep up to date with the show and make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and sign up to my newsletter over at www.harryclarklaw.com. You can also follow me on most social media channels at the handle Harry Clark Law. If you enjoyed the show, please give it a rating and a review on the iTunes store as this helps others learn about the show and be sure to share it with your networks. You can also support the show by donating to my Patreon, which helps support the running and production costs of the show. For now though, I'll see you in the next episode of More From Law.